Welcome and thank you for tuning in to Real Talk, Real Deals, Stories and Tips from the Real World of Sales, a podcast where we are talking about how to be successful in the world of sales. This is episode three, and I'm your host, Jeremy Ulmer. My guest today is Katri Silander, the Vice President of Commercial Excellence Academy and Growth Culture at Schneider Electric, the world's partner of choice for sustainability and efficiency. She joins us today from Barcelona, where she brings over 20 years of experience in leadership roles in technology, brand and consumer goods, retail, and forest industries. In her current role, she brings solutions to strategic accounts, sales, and marketing leaders to accelerate commercial excellence, skill development, and growth culture transformation for Schneider Electric globally. Katri, thanks for joining me today and welcome to our podcast. Hi, Jeremy. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to speak with you today. And as a way of getting started, can you share how you first got into the field of sales excellence? I've always had the interest in, in business growth strategy and people development always bit uh, tangled of those two. And in in my previous company that I worked in, in, in Fiskars, in the consumer goods, I got closer and closer to sales every day. And I was working in the shops myself in Christmas, right? To, to be part of the team in the, in the high season. And uh, with Schneider, I, I just really got more and more interested and I was being asked to lead the commercial excellence as a function and, and yeah, I love it every day. Tell me about what you're responsible for at Schneider Electric specifically these days. Yeah, so as of today, we have in the scope like 23,000, 24,000 employees. So all the sales leaders, all the sales people, all the marketing leaders across and solution and system architects. So critical roles that help us to position and sell and, and configure our solutions to our customers that are of, of multiple types. So we work together with uh, business process, um, commercial process and, and marketing teams, uh, creating solutions for enablement, upskilling and, and really kind of uh, naturally with HRs as well and, and finance in terms of compensation. And so, so, so really bringing solutions that help our sales and marketing teams to be fit for the future. And um, as, as we all know, sales and marketing are going through the biggest transformation of the lifetimes of the functions with digitization and also how customers' behaviors have been changing. So what was good yesterday is probably not the fit for one to two to three years from now. You've got a, a broad set of responsibilities there. And what is it that inspires you the most about the work you do these days? Uh, many things. I, I think one of the things okay. is, is really kind of being able to shape the future. I've always loved transformation and change. But with that parallel, I just love to work with our people, like my team, uh, the customer type leaders, uh, the sponsors we have in the organization, uh, smart, warm-hearted people with a lot of experience and, and select the mix of, of the challenge that we have up front. Uh, we are really leading from the front. Um, we are helping our salespeople to become more successful with our customers our marketers to shape the future differently and our solution architects to, to kind of bring that value add uh, to the solution we, we build for our customers 
so that they can become more successful in the sustainability, digitization, cybersecurity challenges. So it's it's a, it's a, such a fascinating area, uh, both in terms of a function, but also in terms of the business and customer challenges we, we can uh, step in to support. I'm curious about what you said there around shape the future. Can you Can you expand on that a bit more? Is that more around how you're working with your customers or is that in more internally focused looking at people? So it's more internally focused, I must say, but we always start from the customer angle. So I would say a practical example, what we've been doing um, throughout last year or second half of last year is that what we call future roles and skills. And, and thereby kind of we take a specific customer profile or persona um, that is a customer of ours, not the individual customer, but that group or segment of customers. And we work with the people who are in charge of um, the, the customer. Okay. We, we look at the market trends. We look at our go from the customer end. We look at our go-to-market strategies. Uh, we review customer feedback. We interview people from the field, both leaders and salespeople. And we, and we look into external trends and we bring all this knowledge together and then we start going into workshops. And, and what, what we started really shaping is looking into how the world of sales is changing. For example, let's say for panel builder as a customer and for panel builder as a sales group. And, and then kind of refining what are the key trends, what are the key changes, what would be the skills, the key KPIs. And then we actually kind of moved into thinking, how should we onboard people? How should we continuously upskill? What would that trajectory be uh, for 36 months? How should we reward them? What should be the KPIs? So it's really kind of taking this outside and inside uh, view and, and bringing that together. It sounds like you're starting with, oh, go ahead. And this naturally helps. The recruiting managers, it helps HR, it helps sales excellence in terms of ensuring we actually have the right motivated people uh, in the roles and in the right development trajectory, in the right compensation trajectory for the future. That's, that's outstanding. And it sounds like it all is rooted in looking at the customer first externally and then building what you need from there internally to to support that. How has that helped, you know, with the success you've had there at Schneider? It's been a very fruitful journey and it's been fascinating to see, like, frankly speaking, when we started, there was only a few people saying, sort of sensing that this is the right thing to do. Like it was something new. It, it was a heavy process in a sense. Um, but the feedback has been fantastic, especially from the, from the people who are in charge of those customer types, from HR kind of, this is really crystallizing in a very simple way in one page, what do we need? And then how do we enable them? So, and as it's tailored by profile, right? Um, so, so that really makes it more personal. And based on your work with some of the Schneider customers that you have over the past nine years, Tell me how your buyers have changed. So I think it's no news after after the pandemic, but 
But what we can see overall is that, and this is categorization of, as, as we have uh, multiple different customer types, but overall we can see a greater degree of interest and demand for sustainability solution. So there's, there's more value-driven factors coming into the decision-making as well. Uh, naturally during this year, it's, it's, um, the, the continuous, uh, challenge with, with some raw materials have been an issue for our customers as well. Um, and the other one is, is really the openness and willingness to shift towards, we could say virtual buying so that, that having meetings virtually, not always meeting face to face. And then especially for global organiz customer organizations or regional customer organizations, it helps to, to kind of pull in the right stakeholders and decision makers into the buying process. At the moment, it doesn't require that everybody travels and, and meets ups. And so, so it really facilitates a very different, more agile way of selling and buying. Have you seen a preference or is it more of an openness to virtual buying and any major differences across the globe that you're seeing? Since I know you're, you're working across 15 languages, hundred countries. So, uh, at this point of time, I can only talk about a global view, but we do have a reference study from one market of a very specific customer type where we could actually, we did a. We did a very extensive study and, and what we could actually see is that within these customer type groups, we could identify, um, if I would say the late generation and the new generation, whereby the late generation still wanted to have the face-to-face -face interaction come to be visited face-to-face -face and so forth, whereby the, the newer generation was just like, I just want to find the product easy, click when I want to buy it, have it delivered to the side and through just all from my mobile. And, and here there's a different team that is working with Schneider, who is really about focused on developing this end-to-end -end digital uh, journey uh, for customers. Uh, it's not my scope of responsibility, but they are doing fantastic work there to, to smoothen uh, the buying journey for our customers. With that in mind, how else are you preparing the, the sales organization in general for future success beyond virtual buying? Mm. Any other things that you're doing there? Thanks for that. So, so many things. Um, these these uh, foundational work that I mentioned with the future role success profiles, learning journeys was really um, exploration to really understand what the needs are, right? And, and through that, we could actually see that, that many of the needs are similar. What really differs is the, the understanding of the customer segments, the solutions for the customer segments, the value propositions. But as it comes to the, the very deep uh, and foundational yet elevated selling skills and interaction skills, so we can clearly see that that is where we have a huge opportunity. And why it is that so critical? Well, as customers these days can see and search everything online, they don't need the seller to tell information which they can find out themselves in, uh, through their phones or internet or, or online catalogs or so, right? 
So it's really around how we can shift the mindset and the behaviors and the skill set and the capabilities and the impact of each of the person in the selling chain from the individual field salesperson to virtual salesperson to manager to manager of the manager to, to even to the executives in terms of how they can engage more impactfully. And when we, if we think of a salesperson, sorry, if we think of a salesperson themselves, so traditionally there might have been the thinking, okay, we put the people to one or two courses. We think the world of sales, especially when we talk about software sales, outcome-based sales, is a skill set of many different things. So one course will not fix that. So what we did in Schneider in, in partnership with Richard Chow was that we actually we actually designed a solution that is fit for the role in multiple languages uh, with tools embedded, and we bring this all integrated to our CFM. What's been the impact of having it integrated within the CRM, but also role-specific type training and performance improvement? Mm. So it is very early stages, right? Um, uh, we are we are launching it tomorrow, actually. Um, but uh, the impact of the groundwork, how uh, kind of tailoring the learning by profile, has been extremely powerful. So we get benchmarking requests all the time. Um, it really kind of in one page it simplifies it. What do I need to know? What do I need to learn? When should I take it? Uh, both for the manager and for the employee and, and naturally says excellence and, and HR as well who support our, the experience that we run through the new platform through our CRM was wonderful. Uh, so first of all, people said, I don't typically take time learning. It's complicated to get to the system, know what I should learn. But when I go to, which we call skill up, when I go to the platform, the skill up, I see my priorities. It is to navigate. I start with a test. I take the course and I can exercise. And after, ultimately, the people can download the tools, use them as they prepare for customer meeting, upload them back to our CRM, and then it helps the conversation also with the manager and the employee. So the benefits are multiple within there. It, it brings visibility, traceability, um, and it also brings an easy access to continuous learning. Like we say, take 15 minutes a day, right? Um, so it really changes the behaviors within learning as well. No, that's great. And, and sellers and, and sales leaders are so busy these days that having those micro bursts of learning can really help them and then embedded so it keeps it top of mind and really has that connectivity, it sounds like you're speaking to. There, there was something you said earlier around just the shift and the pivot to the virtual selling world and new skills that are, or skills that weren't as important, you know, informing and most information, a lot of information can be gathered digi digitally. What specific skills are you seeing most important now in the virtual environment? Is there one or two that jump out to you that you're really trying to double down on and make sure your sellers are developing? I think as we talk about virtual selling, so I think we need to look at it from two angles. As we know, one of them is what is virtual selling or virtual buying? Okay. For virtual buying, 
first of all, customers have all the information at their hand when they need to, want to, sorry. So what it means is that the seller sort of needs to read uh, the journey that the customer has already taken. He needs to be able to read what touch points the customer has had with the company before, what documents he's downloaded, has he read them, has he asked some questions, have he approached digitally or virtually before. So it takes a different level of reading, I would say, from the customer, of the customer. And then secondly, like as it comes to seller, so one of the courses we are currently developing is multi-channel thought leadership. Like how do you influence digitally, virtually, face-to-face? How are you able to always best the value to the customer, read the customer, understanding their pain points, position the value, yet being your authentic self. Hmm. And I'm curious, you've got sellers in in hundred countries, as I mentioned earlier, how are you able to enable success globally and, and at a scale? I love that question. <laughs> so when I took my previous role that that was a fraction of the role that I was having now. So um actually when it comes to the sales training offer we had that in place, just focused for sales at the time. Uh 20% of the offer was local, 80% sorry, was global, 80% was local. Now we turn that around. So 80% of the offer that we deploy is global, 20% is local. Okay. Why is that? I, I think uh, from, from the strategic point of view, what we really want to bring forth is that we have a common culture and a common language. Many of our customers operate in multiple territories, right? Um, so we need to come across this one side. Of course, we also have multiple sales organizations within one territory. Uh, due to the history, due to the structure and all of that. But we want to come as across the Sparsh Schneider. Uh, the other reason being why we were able to make this change is that when you have a very good product that makes sense, that is practical, that is adaptable, the word of mouth is carrying out. So we started off small with small pilots and then the word has spread and, and people just want to come and join the programs as they see the benefit of them. And just looking forward to, to 2024, what does success look like next year? 2023 or 2024? Uh, 2024. Let's go, let's go further out a year out from yeah. now. One, one year for about. So 2024, um, we have one year behind uh, of launching that uh, platform that we are now doing in our CRM. Uh, we have 7% of the people trained um, in into courses, uh, but that's just the number, that's just the completion number. What I really want to see and hear is that we start to see positive traction, both in our business results further than we already do, but also in the customer feedback, right? 
as we do our customer feedback service, we always get feedback. So even they're seeing a different tone um, of how the pe customers feel that they are being met and heard and, and what, what are the successes that we can help them bring forth. It seems like that's been a theme in our conversation is so much is, is customer centric and building enablement, sales excellence, equipping your, your organization around how, what their preferences are and what, what they need. Uh, that seems like a, a critical takeaway for, for listeners out there. But I'm curious, is there any other advice that you'd have for someone in your shoes, a global sales excellence leader in today's current environment? Uh, really nothing that they wouldn't know, but I think for me, the golden thread has been like, do your whole work, um, understand kind of what are the needs of the organization, but don't limit to yourself to what you hear there. Also kind of connect with the bigger picture and the longer term vision of the company and be brave enough to build that vision. And then think of who do you need to work with to actually create the solution that is actionable and deployable and uh, build a strong alley of, of supporters with you as always, as we transform, um, it is a transformation. It is a change. Well, it's uh, been a pleasure speaking with you, Katri, and I want to thank you so much for sharing your insights today. I know our audience will find them helpful. And if you'd like to connect with Katri, you can find her on LinkedIn at Katri Sealander. And for more sales tips and best practices, please check us out on LinkedIn at Richardson Sales Performance.